Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Sportsman, sports. Vince Morata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Morata. Spectacular. Bickley and Morata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Morata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning. Happy Tuesday, Valley sports fans. How is everybody doing today? Vinny, What's were up, you Vic? awakened last night by the monsoon that rolled through? I was already awake. Or was that just a <laughs> Fountain Hills thing? Oh, you were you were up through it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I went to bed pretty early All last right. night, so I got my sleep in, and then, uh, yeah, then it, then it arrived. Okay. It wasn't as bad okay. as the last one. It wasn't raining inside my place, so well, that was good. good. That is we good. Love that. We that love an good. upgrade. At least, I, as far as I know, <laughs> I didn't check. Go check. Oh, you didn't check? I didn't check to see how those repairs went. <laughs> well, you oh, would no. know. It, it, that's one of those things. If it's raining inside your place, you know because you yeah. hear it. It yeah. just It's something. It, 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 alarms go off in your head when that happens. Oh, yeah. You can tell <laughs> yeah. something is not right. right. Why is it humid indoors? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a clue. That's sort of a giveaway. Why do I hear raindrops on a hardwood floor? Why do I That's hear another that? one. Yeah. That's another one. Either way, no bueno, Did right? You, you get a bad in your oh, neck yeah, of the woods? Oh, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, so uh, off we go on a Tuesday. This is going to be interesting because there's a lot of stuff crackling with Kevin Durant, and you and I were both at football practice yesterday. So I'm very curious to see and hear some of your observations. Stop yawning, Jarrett. Wake up. <laughs> Man, are you dragging ass in, today? I'm, yeah, I'm not in a good place today. It's but. not even an ass dragon Wednesday. No, I listen. Oh, I, we can't wait for tomorrow. I looked over at five thirty. He was doing this. <laughs> I've done my share, my fair share of stretching. Just stretching, and it was just well, what like, feels better wow. though than a good stretch. We do love it. Does stretch. it does oh, feel man. good? I got, I got the yeah. the only pleasure I get in life anymore. Is I got the stretch? post, yeah. the post golf uh, soreness yesterday afternoon. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. So it's kicked in hardcore right. now. Okay, good. Yeah. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says old man more than, yes. oh, my arm. <laughs> sore from golf. I'm, hey. sore. I'm sore from hitting golf balls. When you don't use those muscles for years no, at I know. a time. You know that sport that old people play when they can't play any other sports? <laughs> well, I'm sore from doing that. I'm sore from doing that. All right. Let's start the show. Try to stay awake, Jarrett. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Animal. Animal coming. Animal coming. The Splash. Brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, we've been waiting for some kind of reporting on Kevin Durant's face-to-face meeting with Nets owner Joe Tsai. Whether it happened, and if so, how did it go? Well, Sham Sharania of The Athletic updated the world yesterday, reporting Durant and Tsai met in person in London, and the star forward lobbed an ultimatum to the owner. It's either me or head coach Steve Nash and GM Sean Marks. Tsai himself tweeted Monday night, quote, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Sharania's corresponding article did not mention the Phoenix Suns as a potential landing spot, despite Durant's more than month-old trade request that had the Suns at the top of his list. 
The teams that were listed, Boston, Toronto, and Miami. Interesting. That's the most significant candidates to very, acquire Very, very interesting stuff, and, and you can read a lot into that. We're going to get into this. We're going to debate whether or not the Suns are still involved, whether they should be involved. But, but for now, Kevin Durant did exactly what he needed to do in a move that is really ruthless when you think about it. Oh, yes. Yeah. There's a really lot ruthless. of tentacles on this oh, one. Yeah. We'll get into all of them today. If the Phoenix Mercury are going to hold on to one of the WNBA's eight playoff spots, they're going to have to do it without Diana Taurasi, the GOAT, out with a quad strain suffered in last Tuesday's loss to Connecticut. At age 40, Taurasi averaged 16 points, uh, almost four assists per game this season. The team left the door open for a return if the Mercury qualify for the playoffs. Uh, they're currently in the eighth and final playoff spot, leading Minnesota, New York, and L.A. by one game. So this might actually be it. I mean, if Diana Taurasi, if they don't make the playoffs and she calls it a career, we might have seen her last games as a Phoenix athlete. Yeah, that's that's hard to comprehend, isn't yeah, it? It is, after so long. And uh, I would hate for it to end that she way. She just scored over 30 points at the age of 40. Yeah, you'd hate, you'd hate for the end for Diana Taurasi to be the exact opposite of what Sue Bird is experiencing. Yeah, exactly. Which is all this fanfare and loving goodbyes. Diana and... Taurasi deserves a little girl handing her a flower, too. Right. Come on. Exactly. That's correct. Cardinals were back on the practice field at State Farm Stadium on Monday. Quarterback Kyler Murray was there, did some drills, but didn't play in the team portion of the practice. As our own Tyler Drake noted on Twitter, Murray didn't throw any passes in the drills with his right arm. Looked kind of strange to see him Very finishing off a drill uh, rep with a left-handed yeah. throw. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals opened the preseason Friday in Cincinnati at uh, Paycor Stadium. They finally got corporate sponsorship on the Bengals uh, Stadium. Announced Paycor this morning. Paycor Stadium. I have no idea what Paycor is, but I'm, suppo- uh, I'm I'm sure they're a sister company of AcraSure. Sounds like some sort of like robot that collects your debts. <laughs> I am a Paycor. <laughs> Cardinals also released their initial depth chart for Friday's game, and it's based on expected participation, so it looks a little strange. Like Kyler Murray as the fourth-string quarterback strange. The only projected starters for the season listed with the first team for Friday, guard Will Hernandez, linebacker Zayvon Collins, and cornerback Marco Wilson. I I thought about that. There must be such a weird dynamic going into a training camp, into a a preseason game, where the coaches have made up their minds that these guys are too important to play, but these guys over here are not. Mm-hmm. And so you guys over here, you got to play. Yeah, That's a weird dynamic. We don't want to risk our good players. Right. <laughs> However, you right. guys need to play. Right, right. right. It's, it's kind of a real weird dynamic. Now listen to this. Uh, Sarah's all over it. Founded in 1990, Paycor is a locally owned company that provides cloud-based payroll, human resources, timekeeping, and onboarding software to small and medium-sized businesses. Now we're all up to Speed. Nothing right. says, are you ready for some football? <laughs> like like Paycor. Like cloud-based payroll. Cloud-based <laughs> payroll. Uh, one of the Chicago Bears' few good players, linebacker Roquan Smith, this morning has requested a trade with a lengthy social media post in which he says the current front office regime doesn't value him and that they've refused to negotiate in good faith. Smith had 163 tackles last season and has been a second-team All-Pro the last two years. 
elsewhere. Yeah, just another guy wanting a trade when he really wants his money. Yeah. Yeah. Got who it. Uh, Got it. Who says kickers don't get paid, by the way? Did you see Justin Tucker? Well, that deal? guy should get paid. He should get paid. Four-year contract extension worth $24 million, $17.5 million guaranteed with an $11.5 million signing bonus. In his 10-year career, Tucker has made an astounding 91.1% of his career field goal attempts and has only missed four extra points. That guy is a machine. Greatest it's ever been. Yeah. Zach Gallen threw seven shutout innings. Diamondbacks got some late offense. They beat the Pirates 3-0 at Chase Field. D-backs got on the board in the sixth. Uh, when uh, Alec Thomas hit into a double play but scored Geraldo Perdomo from third base, they continued to tack on runs in the most exciting ways possible. Uh, Cattell Marte added some insurance with a two-run single in the eighth. Uh, Gallon was outstanding. He's now 3-0 and with a 146 ERA over his past four starts. Arizona goes for win number three in a row tonight as that series continues at Chase. Lefty Tommy Henry gets his first career start at Chase Field. He'll be opposed by right-hander Zach Thompson. First pitch, 640. Pre-game coverage starts at 6 here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Uh, Coyotes got their deal done with Lawson Krause. 25-year-old gets a new five-year deal that pays an average of $4.3 million per season. He finished up his... He's already been here six years. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is... And his I, most productive year here, 20 goals, yep. 14 assists in 65 games. And uh, finally, in college football, the USA Today preseason coaches poll is out. I'll give you five guesses on who the top five teams are. Do they ever uh, change? Uh, no, they don't. Uh, Alabama one, Ohio mm-hmm. State two, Clemson. Georgia three, Clemson four, Notre Dame five. Wow. Uh, Oregon, uh, Utah, Oregon, and USC from the Pac-12 did get votes. U- Utah's eighth, Oregon twelfth, USC fifteenth. Uh, the top three teams that I mentioned, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia, combined to receive 65 of 66 first-place votes. But there was a rogue first-place vote in there for Texas, who's number 21. Oh, in the yeah, rankings. I read that. Yeah. That's interesting. Texas is back, right? Yeah, they're back. That's what they're they're perpetually they're back. back. Did, you know they, did you know they have their own network? Listen, when yeah. they get Arch Manning, they'll be back. <laughs> you watch, man. I've seen I've not. seen I've seen tape of this kid. This kid is legit. You're a believer. I am. Best Manning ever. <laughs> Might be. Ooh. We'll see. Wow. There you go. There's your splash for Tuesday, August 9th. Coming up next, Kevin Durant. He's full of ultimatums. Another one. And that's a big full one. Full of what? <laughs> full of ultimatums. Right. <laughs> Something. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Tuesday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. They're a great team. They don't dwell on what they do. They just try to continue to keep getting better. So for us, we know where our mistakes were. and We just try to, you know, make tournament the strength. Um, but we can't have no regrets on what we did. Just played out the way it played. That is Kevin Durant back on April 26th. That is when the Brooklyn Nets were eliminated by the Boston Celtics in a sweep in the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs, talking about getting better. Oh, my, how things have changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, about two months after that, Kevin Durant requests a trade, and then yesterday we get the update from Shams Charaniabic that we were waiting for, that face-to-face meeting between Durant and Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets. And how did it go? Well, it was Durant saying, trade me or fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Right. And, and that's where we are right yeah. now. Man. And the, the end part is what really is is interesting to me. So what, so what Kevin Durant did is, 
is he made an impossible ask. He made an impossible ask of his owner to fire a couple of dudes that you know he he already has relationships with. Guy, and never mind the hypocrisy here that that Kevin Durant uh, and Kyrie Irving signed off on Steve Nash. That Kevin Durant signed his extension with Sean Marks as the GM. Ignore all of that because that really doesn't even matter. What matters is Kevin Durant is doing exactly what he needs to do, which is to blow up the room. Mm-hmm. Basically, throw in, throw in the metaphorical hand grenade and deal with the survivors is basically what he's doing. Yes. Here. And that's and that's as hardcore as he needs to be to actually get his way. So this is if you were waiting for a shoe to drop, this was it. And the fact that it's two of them, the fact that he's willing to put Steve Nash on blast, it, I mean, a two-time NBA MVP. Just from a Phoenix Suns fan standpoint, yeah. it's, a, it's a little strange because mm-hmm. I know the vast majority of the fan base, and maybe I'm stretching a little bit, they want Kevin Durant to be in Phoenix with the Suns. But then you you put that up against it. He's asking for a legendary Phoenix Suns player to be fired. I brought up that possibility in the last couple months. Like, did, Do you think Steve Nash's job is, is in jeopardy? He did deal with a lot. Kevin Durant... Uh, uh, that same press conference after being eliminated, it acknowledged as much, but he doesn't. He, he, you know, the the phrasing of it was he's lost faith in the direction of the franchise. Mm. That will change. And you're right; he needed to blow things up. So now, in your mind, what does that do to Kevin Durant's chances to land in Phoenix? Yeah, that's Joe a great Sy's, question. Joe Sy's initial response is predictable. We'll see if it's consistent with how they operate here. But yeah. I could very well see him saying, you know what, Kevin? We're not firing our GM. We're not firing our head coach. We will grant your request to be traded. But you can't have everything you want. So yeah. we're trading you to where we want to trade yeah. you. That's and we're exactly getting the right. best deal. So That's I think exactly it actually right. decreases the chances for the Suns I, to get I, I think you're kind of right about that. I think that um, the, the whole you can't have your cake and eat it too thing. I, I think that is in play here, and I, I think it began to become in play um, late last week when the reporting shifted to the fact that it, no team really had any desire to be the third team in to facilitate this trade, and that to me would be something that the owner would uh, that the commissioner would effort to do behind the scenes. That if he was really ticked off at Kevin Durant and where this thing was going. And if he was really sympathetic to Joe Sy and all of his owners that we're not going to let this player dictate everything to the point where you're taking a net loss trading him, then then the commissioner would get the word out among other owners that, listen, don't help this. And so as a result, the fact that I think this is going to have to be a one-on-one deal, that's what I think pushes the Suns to the outside. Yeah, uh, they would still, I agree totally, they're still reliant on a third or fourth or fifth team to get involved in what could be a complicated trade. I'm interested, too, in, well, let me me play this for you Mm -hmm. first. This is Alex Schiffer. He's going to join us later. He's joined us uh, previously to talk about this matter, but he covers the Nets for The Athletic, and you hit on this. Kevin Durant was among those that signed off on Steve Nash as the head coach, and now the about face. Kevin Durant had influence in hiring Steve Nash. And look at Steve Nash's coaching staff last year. I mean, David Vanderpool, overlap with Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City, hails from Prince George's, Maryland, like him. Brian Keefe, longtime OKC assistant with Kevin since I think his second year in the league. Adam Harrington, personal trainer who introduced Nash and K, uh, to KD. And 
was another assistant. I mean, this whole Royal Ivy, you know, he had so much say in the coaching staff. It was been roster decisions that really outside of the Kyrie contract situation, I mean, he's gotten a lot of his wishes granted here. That's very true. It's very accurate. Also, on the flip side of that, Joe Sy, when you put together a team, the super team of that quality mm-hmm. with those big personalities and and uh, egos, aren't you kind of saying, all right, the the players have the power now? Without can, a doubt, can he turn his back on that? <laughs> Kyrie Irving so much has said that. Remember when they signed? Yes. They're like, well, we, we're going to have three coaches or yeah. whatever it was. Listen, we don't it, really view Steve is, Nash as a head coach. Yeah. Well, here's here's what I think about this. I think that if Kevin Durant would have said, if Kevin Durant would have said, hey, just fire Steve Nash and we're good, it would get done. I, Steve Nash would walk away. He would say, listen, I let me just eject myself from this situation. You hang on to Kevin Durant. That's what would happen here because, uh, to be quite honest, there was a huge difference in coaching and camaraderie and connectivity when you watched Ime Adoka and the Celtics up against the Nets and Steve Nash. Uh-huh. Now, in Steve Nash's defense, he didn't have continuity all season long. He had the in-again, out-again stuff with Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of goofiness with Ben Simmons, he, all that stuff. So he didn't really necessarily get a real fair shot at it, but there's there was clearly a marked difference in the adjustments and the coaching going on. In huddle, you could see it. It jumped off the screen, and so I could see Kevin Durant going, "I want that kind of guy as a head coach. That's who I want to play for." But if he just asked for that, he would get that. He would get a replacement for Steve Nash in Brooklyn. For him to dial in Sean Marks is is that shoe to drop. And so now for this thing to come to Phoenix, for this thing to actually happen for Phoenix, he's got to drop one more shoe, and that is, I ain't playing for any of y'all. Except for that team in Phoenix, that's that's what has to happen for this thing to actually get Kevin Durant to Phoenix. Now there are a lot of hurdles for that to happen, and a I don't lot. think I don't think Adam Silver is going to let that happen. How, but I mean, but it could. We know the players have the power, but this would be an unprecedented amount of power for a player. Oh. And this goes back forty this, plus years when yeah. Magic Johnson got Paul Westhead fired from the Lakers, basically. This. But this isn't just a coach. This is a coach and a a general manager. This is an unprecedented coup. Unprecedented. On the one-year anniversary of the date that Kevin Durant signed a four-year contract extension to stay in Brooklyn, that contract hasn't even kicked in yet, and (laughs) he's already wanting out. That's funny. Yeah. And and so, uh, again, this is – what I really look at here is – Kevin Durant does not care how heartless he seems to be to Brooklyn because why? Because his heart is somewhere else. That's why. That's why he's showing such indifference to his existing relation, to his existing partner. Uh-huh. It's because his heart is somewhere else. And if the, if he's dead set on Phoenix, then he's got one more move to make. Well, one of those things that we've talked about in that infatuation with Phoenix was not only he wants to play with Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but his respect level for Monty Williams. The same can be said for the Boston connection. Mm-hmm. How much... And and then you have to consider if Joe Sy is is, you know he he's arrived at the point where hey we're trading him we're not firing our front office we're not firing our GM and our coach we will grant him the tra- do you really want to send him to Boston a team that's going to kick sand in your face four times a, a year 
and and leapfrog you in the in the they probably already are. But, I guess it depends what you can get back. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, how much uh, the three teams that are listed in Shams' article mm-hmm. are all Eastern Conference teams. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I think there would be a big reticence by the Nets to to appease one of those teams at their own peril. Why would you want to? Why would you? But, but the only way is is if you look at the package from Boston and go. And it's okay, just markedly th- better. Yeah, and yeah. okay, there is an actual impact player coming back to us. I mean, an actual one. Yeah, not a maybe, not a good guy, not a good defensive player. Not Bridges, not Mikael Bridges, right? Not it's not an right. actual all star, an actual mean. guy. But but Vinny's right. If, if you're if you're handing Kevin Durant to the Celtics, how do you explain that? How is that in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets? <laughs> and then, then you've got the idea that okay. What about the pieces that the Suns have? If the Nets don't want them, can the Suns make some independent trades and get the pieces that that look a lot better to Brooklyn? Well, you know what? If if you're if you're Miami and you've been talking to Brooklyn and you know what they want, and if you're Boston, you've got an idea what they want, and if if you're Toronto or whoever else, you're not going to want to give the you're not going to want to facilitate the Suns. If you think you've got a shot at Kevin Durant and you want him, mm-hmm. you're not going to make the move to allow Phoenix to build that bridge and beat you to Kevin Durant. Yeah. It's very complicated. It's very awkward. It's very, it's very on brand for Kevin Durant. I'll tell you that much. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah, it though. is. Uh, do you know a high school student with great character? We want to hear about them and how they make an impact on our community. Just text character to six twenty six twenty. Share their story and what's in it for them. Potentially a ten thousand dollars scholarship from Parker and Sons in Arizona Sports. Once again, text character to six twenty six twenty. Coming up next, is it only me? Anybody else concerned about the health of Kyler Murray at this point? We'll get into that and more next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Camp Takeoff 2022 is a go. Coverage presented by 72 Souls and Kona Brewing. Uh, you can see in the NFL the trend of guys that most teams know are going to start on getting a lot of work in the preseason anyways. And so it's been good for the, the young guys to be able to show what they can do and get the majority of the reps. The home of Arizona Cardinals football, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Camp Takeoff 2022 with Bickley and Murata. Yeah, we'll ease him back in uh, this week, and hopefully by the end of the week uh, he'll feel good enough to cut it loose and and, um, keep it rolling, but we we want to be smart. Yeah, it's Cliff Kingsbury. Yesterday, that was pre-practice, and then practice happened. Kyler Murray's been out on the field the last two practices, Saturday's Mm -hmm. red and white practice, and then yesterday... But he's not doing much. No. <laughs> this is the very definition of easing him back it's in. Fair, it's fairly clear to, to me, if not everybody, that he's dealing with some sort of injury, and the team will not obviously say a word about it. But when you think about it, um, there was a photo out of training camp a week ago Friday in which Kyler Murray was ah rubbing out his right hand, you know, kind of like yeah. uh, hand and wrist area. Hand and wrist area, kind of like, oh, my wrist. And then the next day he shows up and they keep him out, even though it was a practice open to fans, the first one. Then came the COVID-19 um, announcement, mm-hmm. and then he comes back, and now now the word is we're easing him back in. This is all code for the COVID-19, I'm sure, was legit, but this is he's clearly dealing with something well, in his wrist. And that's what people were speculating about yesterday. Okay, he did come off the COVID list. He was away for five days. He came back, hasn't done much yet. Did that take a toll on him? No, he seems fine. Um, worked out the other day before the scrimmage and, and seems good uh, physically and just got to get, you know, 
back to the flow, really. So that leads you to believe what you arrived at, too, is that there's, you know, there's an injury of some mm-hmm. sort that they are being mm-hmm. super Super cautious. Well, you have about. to. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to. Uh, without that kid, they don't have much of a shot of anything in this upcoming season. So that's he's going to have to be right come week one. So I don't, I don't know what we're going to see of him. I, I do. To me, this is really kind of I, the, all the proof you need to believe that there's not going to be some radical revolution of this offense. No, as, no. as as a lot of people, including Wolf, were once predicting. Absolutely, that's not happening. Um, so then you ask yourself this too, like uh, you know, all this time missed, no OTAs, very little participation in the minato- uh, mandatory mini camp. So far, camp has been you know, hit and miss with Kyler Murray in terms of participation. Cliff Kingsbury was asked, "Do you need? Does he need to catch up with anything with all this time he's missing?" If, if he hadn't been in the same system for the number of years, I, I would be a bit more concerned. Anytime um, you're trying to build your offense and. and build camaraderie and, and get the timing down. You'd love for him to be out there, but everybody deals with something like this, and um, we've kept him locked in mentally, and he'll continue to do that. Fast or Rewind, if you will, back to the end of the season, the playoff exit, and you know the Cardinals' company line was, oh, it's going to be great for Kyler Murray to have a full, regular offseason, COVID behind us, uh, you know, full OTAs, and, many, and then you get the contract thing. Um, then you get the COVID diagnosis. Then you get the minor wrist injury. And now it's you know not that big a deal that it's not a normal offseason. It's just this constant floating. And I'm not blaming the Cardinals. Every team does this now. It's like whatever happening, is it's, it's cool with us. Like there's never any public <laughs> panic about no. anything. No, no there's, there's not. It, it's really – it's quite a different model in terms of, of just how they're structuring everything. Uh, like, for instance, you and I were – both a little taken aback by the Marquise Brown story, not just because of the number he was doing speeding, but the fact that he was coming from home and and um, the revelation that this is policy for the Arizona Cardinals, that this is kind of optional, being and staying uh, with the team in one place. And I was told yesterday that, yeah, it's been that way for a couple of years now. And I'm like, wow, really? And it, and maybe, maybe when you were at the Renaissance Hotel right next to the stadium, maybe it was so convenient that everybody chose to be there. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't that just doesn't vibe with with what we what I conceptualize as training camp. And but I think this is true across the board. I think this is kind of the way Cliff Kingsbury operates and he's unapologetic for it that this is that you're you you take care of you. I'm not I'm not bossing you around. You do you. Yeah, we're you're grown men. Act like right. it. Act like it, and I'll treat you like one. And the question, and listen, and and part of me really respects that, but part of me really doubts if that's smart with a small army of men who, left to their own devices, don't always handle freedom that well. <laughs> so I again, it's 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 quite something to me. It really, really is. But and, and I do think that this, yeah, you know what? Look, Rodney Hudson, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's true. He does know what he's doing. And, and maybe Cliff is just being very, very honest about the fact that a lot of this is a joke. It always has been a joke that football teams don't need this kind of work to get ready for a season. Well, I mean, the the, the shift in the thinking, though, over the years, and I don't want to sound like an old man because I'm not longing for those days either. Mm-hmm. But it was 
We got to go away. We got to get away from where yeah. we are. We got to go uh-huh. somewhere up into uh-huh. the into the woods. <laughs> bond like gotta, men. Yeah, we have to bond like men. We got to get away to... from the temptations of the flesh. <laughs> right. We have to knock right. the stuffing out of each other. Women twice, weak in legs. Twice a day. Right. Twice now, a day. And now it's the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. these guys know what they're Look, doing. you want to go home, go home. See you tomorrow. <laughs> You want right? to come to practice? Come to practice. Come to practice. Yeah, you don't feel good? All right. Go yeah. sit on the side. It's all. It's cool. What's funny is that they do their best at the beginnings of seasons, I know. the Cardinals. Well, I know. So they, they, what they're doing, what they need to do is have training camp in the middle of the season <laughs> to get them ready for the second half of the year. <laughs> now you idea. got it. Carlin, I'm sorry for saying that you were half asleep earlier. That's a great observation. He's only a quarter asleep now. That's a great observation. <laughs> the Cardinals, to, to complete the circle, all they need to do Just is shut it down. training camp in their bye week. That's all they need to do. Bingo! Done! <laughs> Jared Carlin just Good became job, a general Jared. manager yes. candidate around general the league with this revolutionary Carlin. thinking. But Bunch again, this uh, I think that there's something to this. When you heard Cliff the other day kind of rolling his eyes with his voice when he talked about Bill Belichick and the tennis balls, remember that? Mm-hmm. You could hear the, like, yeah, yeah. give me a break, <laughs> right? And so that's that's his deal. He's He probably knows this is all a joke and has been a joke. These guys could probably go play a foot, football game tomorrow and look great doing it. Well, that's the thing, too. Is the Cardinals still have yeah. three preseason games <laughs> yeah. to get through. Right. Realistically, how many spots are up for grabs on this roster? Probably not a lot. Three? Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a very long, drawn-out process. Yeah, Just from a, three jobs. from a roster yeah. construction right. standpoint for, right. for three jobs. All right. Uh, coming up next... College football, we know it's controlled by the TV networks, and there's some movement, and it could affect the Pac-12 in a positive way. Sounds weird to say, but we'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Seven FM, Arizona's sports station. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata mornings. Tuesday edition of Bickley and Morata mornings coming to you live from the Ock Chin Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata, Jared Carlin, Sarah Cazell with you until ten o'clock today. We're on the verge, I believe, Bick, of getting some news on the television future for the Pac-12 and other mm. conferences. Um, and Sports Business Journal reported Monday night that barring a last-minute change of direction in negotiations with ESPN, the Big Ten's deal is expected to include three entities, Fox, CBS, and NBC. If ESPN is out of the Big Ten business, yeah. that could be a very, very much-needed financial boon when it comes to TV revenue for the Pac-12 as they are revamping their media rights deal. Well, you would hope. Yeah, yeah. The one thing that I, I that I think that I've noticed throughout all of this is that – and this has to do with the Big Ten kind of going, you know what? We really don't want any of these Pac-12 schools. This doesn't make sense for us. I, I'm not sure. I, I think that – I think a lot of networks and, and conferences see the markets, uh, the college football markets in the Pac-12, and they don't necessarily see the passion. Um, the hunger of sports fans involved. It, it to me it was a little bit odd that the the Big Ten is like this is not worth adding them as a partner and then dividing by another school in terms of what we're getting. So I I, I hope you're right. I hope that ESPN being left behind um, now gives the Pac-12 some leverage and some viability 
going forward. I hope you're right about that. But you hit on something that I think is very important, and we've talked to John Wilner about it. We've talked to John Canzano about it, read endless articles that always put in in the pecking order of what's important to these conferences in terms of expansion and revamping. It's the number of TV households. That's right. But you hit on it. It's not just that number, especially in the Pac-12. Not especially in the West Coast. And guess what? I think the Big Ten is going to find that out the hard way with one of the teams they just poached from the conference. When UCLA is not mm. good in football, uh-huh. that is one apathetic fan base, and it's depressing to watch a game at the There's Rose Bowl. And I've, stadium. I, I've been in the Rose Bowl watching a regular season game when and UCLA when is bad, yeah. and it yeah. is depressing. It is. You I've spend been there, more, too. You're you spend right. more time looking at the scenery. It's true. Although the question is, would they get Big Ten opposing fans now making that trip to L.A. in the winter to yeah? I mean, fifty thousand of them. That's not that's fifty thousand, but thirty thousand of them. Ah, maybe they'll they'll definitely. That will it's be like Michigan, that'll be Ohio boost. State, or something like that. Yeah, maybe. but not, not every team in the Big Ten is Michigan or Ohio State. I mean, you got the Purdue's and the Minnesotas and the Northwesterns yeah. of the world too. Don't forget Rutgers. Oh, yeah. how could you forget Rutgers? <laughs> yeah, forgot that University yeah. of Maryland UCLA <laughs> rivalry Classic. game in the Big Ten. Yeah, Rutgers UCLA. Nothing screams Big Ten more than that. I wonder if this if this is good news on the television front for uh, for the Pac-12. What does that do for their thoughts on expansion or you know pursuing other teams to join the conference from outside conferences? I don't know what the connection is there. Mm-hmm. Um, the one school that pops up more than any is is San Diego State, and again it goes back to oh it would be that great footprint in Southern California that they just lost with USC and UCLA leaving. Again, you want to talk about a lukewarm following for a for a football program, mm-hmm. and maybe it's because they're in the Mountain West, but I don't think that's the reason. San Diego State is kind of the definition of lukewarm following. Well, San Diego is, I mean, look at the Padres have had to do to kind of build I mean, what they've got. Yeah, listen. That's how you describe the whole climate is yeah. lukewarm well, there. Yeah. Which um, could be delightful, by the it's way. It's the best place on earth, in my opinion. But that's a, so again, I think that school for some reason has, does have some little bit interest because I do buy the idea that if you're going to continue on as the Pac-12, you've got to have something in Southern California, right? And, and so... That to me, they're they're practically as good as UCLA in football. It's the basketball thing where they're not quite the same. Um, so I don't know what I think about that. I do think that it's it's interesting to me that the money that the Big Ten it just got from CBS for their three thirty Eastern time window, they got three hundred fifty million bucks for one year for that one broadcasting window. CBS or not CBS? Who, who's got the SEC? ESPN's got the SEC. Yeah, CBS had it. Yeah, ESPN paid three hundred million for the two thirty Eastern Time SEC window. So the Big Ten window, the price went through the roof compared to what the what they the SEC sold their middle of the day window for. And what I'm trying to say is these numbers in the SEC and the Big Ten keep going through the roof. Can the other conferences stay in that ballpark? Because if not, there's no way they're ever going to compete with them. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at in college football. This is what's happening: is the SEC and the Big Ten they're building these these megalith conferences that are going to scoop up all the broadcast money, and then everybody else is going to be much lesser pots. Good luck competing with those two. 
It's tough. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough. It's a tough road, man. It's 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 funny. I, did you see the interview with Michael Crow that got resurfaced over the weekend from a few years ago? Mm, like it was like three years ago. Yeah, it was uh, like 2019. Was steadfast backing. Yeah, of Larry Scott and, yeah. and how everybody's going to be looking at the Pac-12 in three years yeah. and what they're doing yeah. is revolutionary. He took a lot of heat for that because three years ago he was he was forecasting that hey look things might look bad now just wait till they're in our rear view mirror. Well, just, he was right about just that. Just wait I mean, till they get things even worse. Will look different in three years. Yeah, we'll right. be longing for yeah. these days of 2019 right. in three right. years. Right, oh, no. right. So it's. It's very depressing, um, but again, it's it's the Pac-12 has also been overrated in pockets because of things like we talked about: passion, real interest, you know, fan bases that'll move mountains for their football team. You know, you got Jed Fish. You ever see this guy, Jared? It's a very regular looking guy. He really is. Yeah, not He's, that exciting. He took out he took out a full page ad in in a Tucson newspaper. Imploring people to buy their season tickets. Well, you got the number two recruiting class in the Pac-12. Vic, I'm not trying to be the smart aleck here because I know you have newspaper in your blood. Okay. What what do you think a full page ad in a Tucson newspaper goes for about this day? Not what it used to be. About eight bucks? Uh, It's funny you should say that because I I had a trip out moment just to – I was researching a story. There's these two golfers in Wisconsin who got a hole-in-one on the same course in the same hole in the same day. So I went down this rabbit hole during the break of of reading about it. So a USA Today story pulls up, and every screen on the USA Today story, there's an ad for cannabis. Click here for the best cannabis. Best of Phoenix. Cannabis, and I'm like, I interviewed with this company 20 years ago, and drug testing for marijuana was part of it, and now they're selling it. I drug tested for marijuana with them five years ago. There you go, and now they're selling. I did not maybe. pass. Right, just so I'm sorry. Just uh, <laughs> maybe. Get it. That's why she works here. <laughs> That's why maybe they still have drug testing in place. So, I think so, they do, yeah. to, to be, be true, that yeah. tripped me out. And then, then listen, read. The, can I just read you this lead to the story? Because if if this doesn't scream Wisconsin to you, nothing ever will. Okay, this is a story about two guys, a guy and a girl, hole in one, same hole, same course, same day. This doesn't involve cannabis infused cheese. (laughs) But you you gotta hear this quote Ian Stawicki wasn't even supposed to play golf on Tuesday, but his boss at Classic Lanes in Greenfield, Wisconsin, texted him on Monday to see if he wanted to play in the Stars and Stripes scramble at the golf club in Lomira. With the bowling alley closed this week, the 40 year old Stawicki was in. He went to play golf because the bowling alley was closed. And his name is Stawicki. That's perfect that Wisconsin. That's right. That's perfect. That's Wisconsin. Yeah. Wow. A guy. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. No, no, but right. I, I was just tripping reading I, this. I did want to say how even more impressive the Jed Fish thing is because if you buy a full page ad in a Tucson newspaper, that is one quarter of the newspaper. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> It does feel like it sometimes. <laughs> it's very, very true. I never thought there would be a day where I, my I my I... morning uh, ritual did not include mm-hmm. a physical newspaper in front of me. How long has it been now? And now the only time I ever read the newspaper is if I'm at a certain sports bar and the page is hanging above the urinal. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Do they at least swap them out? Sometimes. You you guys don't have this experience. I do. Let me tell you what else is a trip. Dedicating your entire young life to the pursuit of a career that is just disappearing and vanishing. Extinction. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's why I never wanted to become a milkman. <laughs> right. Right. That's true. That's a very Tell good idea. about it. I studied to be a blacksmith when yeah, I was a kid. Right. Yeah. Jared was either that or encyclopedia salesman. Right, Jared? <laughs> Coming up next, does the uh, D and KD stand for difficult? It's certainly getting that way for the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get into the latest on it next. Pickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.